Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. And our goal on this podcast is to make real life simple for those who are leaders of churches and leaders in churches. And today we're going to talk about the topic of vulnerability. Leaders need to be vulnerable, they need to be authentic, they need to be real, but is there a moment where you cross the line? Is there a moment when it's too real, too authentic, too vulnerable, and could be considered too much information? I'm joined here today with my co-host Brad Williams, a good friend, serial entrepreneur, business leader, and I would consider you, Brad, to be very authentic and real. Was there a time that you weren't? Um, a time when I wasn't authentic and real, I would say absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it happens because I've been in business since I was 18, mm. um, that I, I kind of put on a persona mm-hmm. to be successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it was actually, I spent a long, many years not being mm-hmm. authentic and real, really out of fear that people wouldn't. Uh, like me, listen to me, work for me, take me seriously. Um, yeah, you tend to try to, I mean, to fit in a lot. Is that an age thing? I mean, there is there an age? I mean, because we always hear about the grumpy old man who no longer cares. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you and I have reached that quite yet. Not yet. Although you are 50 and I am not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a point that you recognized, I just don't want to play that game anymore? Yeah, when you realize, I think age, I would say, has something to do with it. Uh, the Word of God has a lot to do with it, mm. because once you really start di- digging into the Word of God and understanding um, how much God loves you and your purpose and why, your why, like why you're here, mm-hmm. then it, you don't care as much about other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. You don't care as much about uh, how much uh, people like, don't like, making mistakes. It's like... You see things just completely differently, and you're able to just be who you actually authentically are. But that fear has to go away. What about with people that work for you? I mean, you've got people that work for you that are younger. Some are well-educated, not educated at all. What have you noticed about vulnerability? Um, When does it help them? When does it hurt them? Um, Well, with this uh, millennial and generation uh, uh, Z and Y and all that, Uh Um, they, these young people are pretty, uh, vulnerable and transparent. Uh-huh. Um, you know, some, I mean, you have, it's 50, 50, cause you have some that are really trying to live that life and be something they're not, mm-hmm. but you have the majority of them. I feel like more than 50, I guess. I feel that, uh, that really want to be, they don't care about, you know, all the norms, the society puts on them. You mm-hmm. know, they want to be who they are and, so for for young people, I think being older and usually supervising them, you just have to um, empower them, but also advise them when when it's appropriate and it's not. I think where they struggle is knowing their audience. Mm-hmm. You can, it's okay to be vulnerable, but to young people, I let them. I tell them, know your audience. Don't be selfish in what you're trying to communicate. You know, know your audience and ask yourself: Is what I'm doing, what I'm saying, adding value? Now, that's a great point. Knowing your audience has so much to do with vulnerability. Um, I think about with with my kids, when I teach them how to talk to adults, say, you know what, you're going to have to ask them some questions, and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to share a little bit about yourself. Now, there's a difference between that with somebody they just met and with grandma, who wants to hear every detail about their day, (laughs) right? 
um, and, and their parents also. But I've noticed this with people as well. I, I think about interns we've had here before that think that every platform, every room they walk <laughs> into was waiting for right. them to come in and share all the details of their day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's it really is about reading the room. Yeah. Don't you feel like that is that's that emotional IQ or EQ as they say that a lot of young leaders are just missing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it is, and it's in so many different levels because now you just you have um, you have you know diversity, cultural diversity, you have gender mm. uh, diversity, our generational diversity, um, you have gender, you mm-hmm. know, so you have so many different. Um, the types of individuals and different groups that if you don't really take time to observe and listen, part of vulnerability is caring about the the people that are around you. Yeah. Like caring about that room before you step in there. Right. I think that's what they're missing. They think that being authentic and keeping it real and keeping it 100 and all that stuff is about just what they do. Right. You know, but no, it's also about the people around you, you right. know, and what you're offering them. You yeah. know, know your audience first. Yeah. Just walking into a room and pulling the pin on a grenade and walking out and saying, listen, I got to be true to myself. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that really helped anybody. Yeah. And I'm not real sure if that was being like Christ. But, and that's such a great point. Um, and with, I always just tell people, read body language. You know what? If people's feet are not pointed towards you, they're going somewhere else. <laughs> right, right, right. They're heading. They're trying to get somewhere else. Yeah. And when you see someone walking away and you decide now's the best time to share some of my deepest hurts and hangups, uh, they, <laughs> I mean, they might have a legitimate reason they got to go or they just might not want to talk right now or you have no idea, but, but read the room when yeah. it comes to authenticity and vulnerability. Well, yeah, because then your feelings are going to be hurt. Right. Yeah. But exactly. no, that's, that's, that, that's, that's good. I'm laughing because, yeah. I didn't, I could see myself stopping somebody. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to, especially so, you know, you're, you're excited. You see somebody as a friend or you like, or you want to talk to, yep. you probably get a lot as a pastor. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, there he is. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're heading toward the parking lot. And yeah. it's like, you know, they're <laughs> spilling their guts. That's right. Yeah. I may or may not have run to my car a few times before, <laughs> so, or faked a phone call. Um, and, and, you know, you have no idea what's going on with that other person. Uh, they, they may have, uh, you know, an issue in their life. They may have to rush home for something. They may have yeah. something going on in their own in their own psyche that they can't handle it. So, I think you know, for leaders of churches, leaders in churches, leaders in businesses, I think it requires now more than ever a level of vulnerability that we've not had before, and and really starting off conversations by affirming others that have just spoken, mm-hmm. by admitting I don't have it all together. Um, now, not to the point where you're self-deprecating, because you can easily become that person that's, oh, I know this is a stupid idea, but hang on, here it comes. And, right. and that gets old after a while. That's just a shtick that somebody does. Mm-hmm. But saying, listen, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. We have a term we use around the office called, I'm going to put up an umbrella of mercy. You know, give, give me a little bit of grace on this. It may be a bad idea. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, give people permission um, to, you know, to disagree with you. But that story you're about to tell, think about a few things. So, Brad, I'm going to throw these out there mm-hmm. and give a little bit of personal illustration, and then you chime in as you see fit. But what I've learned about vulnerability is be vulnerable um, as much as possible, but watch out for a few traps. One is if it only makes me look good. 
In other words, I tell a lot of stories from the stage, but I try not to be the hero of my own story. Yeah. Because then I end up looking arrogant or I end up looking like I've got it together and you don't. If I'm telling a story about my wife and she ends up being the fool in the story and I'm the hero, that doesn't help anybody out, especially me when I get home. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, I mean, that whole idea of if I'm going to tell a story and I'm the only one that's looking good in this, that's not a good story to tell. Right. Right. And that's not vulnerability. You know, I mean, it may feel it may feel like you're being vulnerable. To your point, it may yeah. feel like you're being vulnerable. But uh, it reminds me of uh, this book, Creativity, Inc., Right? Yeah, it's a great book. They talk about brain trust meetings that they had to come up with some of these great ideas. They were struggling with making creative content. And when they started uh, having these brain trust meetings, they had one rule. Like, everybody in the room was equal. So mm. if you share an idea, it's not about um, you looking good. It's about the best idea winning. So if the yeah. CEO says something and a part-time intern says something, they were equal. Like, what they what they communicated was equal, and it just bred a culture of vulnerability where nobody mm-hmm. was afraid to to speak their mind and they weren't speaking their mind to look good. They were really all focused on making their their project or whatever they were working on the best that it could yeah, be. That's that's so good. And that's hard to that's hard to master in a in a context like that because that was written by one of Disney's Pixar engineers. Mm-hmm. And for him to walk in the room, he's immediately got supposedly the best ideas, even though he doesn't want to. He wants to have other people, but that's right. a tough one to do. Yeah. Uh, another one for me is don't share it if it only makes others feel sorry for me. Mm. You know, sometimes we get vulnerable and it sounds like a counseling session. Yeah. And there's no there's no way out for everybody else other than just to go, oh, you know, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I had this happen to me at a wedding one time. Oh, I felt so bad about this. I was doing this friend's wedding, a, a guy that I love, and I flew back to Kentucky. I'd been gone for a, maybe a, a year or two. Mm-hmm. Flew back there to do the wedding, and I was talking about this friend of mine who's getting married, and I, I said this phrase, and I didn't mean it how it came out, but I said, um, and frankly, he's the only person to have kept in touch with me after I moved. And you could feel the room, which were filled with friends that I knew for years, right. go, oh, you know? <laughs> and there was even like a sigh from the back. And I thought, that's not what I meant. You know, I meant he's kept in touch with me ever since I left. But it came across as, you know, I was being vulnerable and now everybody felt sorry for me. People were coming afterwards, which should have been a celebratory time for this couple saying, man, I'm sorry. I thought I'd called enough or texted enough. And I thought, no. I... Anyway, yeah. those kind of moments... <laughs> You know, there's no win for anybody else. I always tell my kids, man, if you say something, make sure people have a, a way to save face, you know, after it's over, you know. <laughs> well, also, it has to do with your personality, too, right? Yeah. I mean, once again, you are, um, you, you, you have an extroverted job, mm-hmm. but you're an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes when introverts make an honest effort to be vulnerable, it does come across, you know, like, like <laughs> awkward. The, yeah. <laughs> A little awkward because you mean well, you're trying, you know, yeah. but it's just not, it's not something that comes naturally, yes. you know, yeah. to, to certain type individuals. Yeah, I watch extroverts work, work a room and I just think, man, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I have three questions, or I have three questions and three comments I can make when I walk out in the lobby. And after that, I don't know what, what we're talking about. That's a wrap. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Another one is if it's unrelatable. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I were talking about, the time Jay-Z accepted an award or something or was announcing his uh, 
new platform for music title. Yeah. And he made some comment about y'all don't realize how much money that we're losing when yeah. we put these songs out. And no one felt sorry for him. No, no. He, He's a gazillionaire. He it was the wrong audience to yeah, share that with. Exactly. So, I mean, think about that. I, I spoke in Uganda one time. We were there for a mission trip, and I, I had got a chance to preach there. And I had an interpreter. And I, I told a joke that I thought for sure would, would go over great. Yeah. Not only did the people not get it, the interpreter didn't get it. Oh. Halfway through the my message, the interpreter quit. No. They brought in another one. Oh. <laughs> I broke him. <laughs> yeah, how'd you offend the interpreter? Oh, I don't know what I did, but I oh. you know, I left fearing for my life. But anyway, somehow the the American came in and was unrelatable to the yeah. people. So sometimes we do that with the stories we tell because people think I can't relate to that at all or yeah, that that sucks to be you as you fly first class or whatever. And, and I right. don't fly first class, but you know what I mean. So, uh, and the last one is if it doesn't add value to them. And you yeah. touched on this earlier. Yeah. If I'm going to be vulnerable with somebody else, I hope that it encourages them. I hope mm -hmm. that it makes them think, okay, so I can do this. Or you learn from that, so can I, rather than I feel sorry for you or that's unique to your situation. I have no idea how that is but it adds value. Um, you know, Brad, you, you help run a company, you oversee a staff. When do personal stories add value? When do they not? When does vulnerability add to the people and help? And when does it hinder? Well, you can tell when you have like a certain type um, spirit about you or mentality, you, you know, I think we've all been in situations where we were, we were like, I'm really uncomfortable sharing this, but I need to do it because it's mm -hmm. going to help. It's going to add value. Um, it happens a lot when uh, the leader of a company or a team uh, communicates when they've made a mistake mm. in the past, you know, especially when you're in a room of people and you know everybody, you know, it's a good group, a good team. Um, and they're just they may be down because of a mistake that was made or a number that wasn't hit or some kind of metric. Mm. And when you share uh, times when and you failed in the past. And you share mistakes you've made. Uh, you share things that some would think, think make you look weak. It actually makes you look strong. Mm -hmm. um, I've known pastors of churches to share with their congregations the times when they were homeless. Mm. You know, and when people would think, "Man, you know, he's in a position of power, and that's going to hurt him." It does the opposite mm -hmm. because the spirit behind it is mm. he's he's doing this not to boast, not to he doesn't want to communicate this, but he's giving us this. Because he's being vulnerable and he cares and he wants to add value and help us become better. Mm, that's so good. Well, I think that's the key takeaway. Uh, a trick you might try that is helpful is just see how open that other person is. Yeah. And go just a little bit further. Not over the top. Just a little bit more because as you do that, then they will follow and you keep getting more and more open with one another. Well, Brad, this has been helpful for me, um, and I hope for our listeners as well. As always, if you found any value in this, please share this with somebody else. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that, and you'll get fresh content every single week. Mm -hmm. And we're launching a blog coming up soon, bringing the blog back. And so if you've not uh, subscribed through the website, make sure you do that, because you'll get the blog on every Friday. And the blog is simply uh, entitled... Uh, one thing I learned this week. So it'll be short, it'll be simple, and hopefully it will be a, you know, kind of a, a chance to curate some knowledge for you that we pick up along the way. So next week, 
really honored to have as our guest uh, a woman by the name of Jan Johnson. She wrote a book called When the Soul Listens, which has been inspirational in my life and our staff and, and their lives. And can't wait for you to hear what she has to say about how to listen to God, not just talk to him. So uh, hope, hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.